Hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 327. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful Amar, and he is the owner and creator behind KaiPod Learning. I want to say thank you to him for allowing me to understand where the genesis of his idea came from. And for those of you who are interested yourselves, please always stay connected with those that come in through our doors with the uh, posts and the bio that we always link everything to. But to say this, it is online learning, but with a twist. So we hope that you guys join us in this conversation. Stay close to uh, Amar over here and stay connected with KaiPod Learning. But before I go, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to stay connected with us. So everything is under Finding Arizona Podcast, social media wise. If you want to send us a line, that's FindingArizonaPodcast at gmail.com. Just to give you a little insight of what's going on behind the scenes, Brittany just had her birthday. She is absolutely just you know fantastic and we are doing everything we can to make sure that we're staying um, afloat with doing this podcast on top of doing family things on top of doing uh, uh, parenting things I just want to say it's a lot to handle but that being said this week you guys are getting two episodes so you'll be receiving this one which is the 327 and 328 together so stay tuned with us we will catch you on the next episode we will see you later hey guys it's Jose I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast have you been like me been outside every three months just doing your own pest control and you're frustrated you had it up to hear from your wife well i got a place for you happybeespestcontrol.com they are the number one first and only pollinator friendly pest control company in arizona and i want to give you a chance to save 25 dollars by going over to happy bees pest control slash finding az or just give them a call 602-529-8797 to get everything from pest control rodent control mosquitoes and bed bugs tell them finding az sent you and get your discount today this podcast episode is sponsored by the no global membership get into the room to network with other women you want and need to know Link to join the global membership is in the show notes. Claim your freebie today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in special guests every week, and I'm going to let this gentleman introduce himself and his business because I don't want to ruin your last name, and that's the vital key of today's I am a student and you are the teacher. (laughs) All right. Thank you for having me. My name is Amar Kumar, and I'm the founder and CEO of KaiPod Learning. Omar, I just want to thank you again from one father to another, this is going to be a very interesting conversation as far as education and all of that goes. And I'm very excited to talk about it. So um, go ahead and just give us, um, give us the rundown as far as the origins of this. And I know a little bit just from um, the write-up, but I just want to get everyone else on the same page as me. Absolutely. I'm happy to. So, you know, I've been in education for almost 20 years at this point as a school teacher, as a school principal, and many other roles. 
And when I was in a brick and mortar school in front of kids, uh, in front of parents, I really started to understand the biggest challenge that schools face today. And that's the fact that you know one teacher to 30 kids is a really difficult way to teach because all of those kids have different needs uh, from a learning perspective, from a social and emotional needs perspective. Everyone needs something different. Yeah. And one adult at the front of the classroom isn't really able to provide all of yeah. those things to every kid. So, you know, I was a 10th grade math teacher when I was teaching. And in my classroom of 30 kids, there were students who were probably doing math at a fourth grade level. And there were kids who were doing math at a college level. Wow. And my job as a 10th grade math teacher was to teach 10th grade math content. And so you can imagine how difficult that job was and how really impossible it was for me to truly help every child. Mm -hmm. And so inevitably every day I was failing the bottom third of my class because they were completely lost. Mm -hmm. And I was failing the top third of my class because they were completely bored. And really all I could do is target my instruction to the middle third of my class. And I wasn't alone. Every single teacher faced this challenge. And today every single teacher faces this challenge. And so I left those roles on a search for a better way to teach, better way to create learning and education. And I found my way back in 2013 and 14 to the world of online learning. And, you know, in K through 12, online schools have been around since 2001, believe it or not. And there are kids who have left the brick and mortar system to learn at their own pace with the content that they want to engage in at the time they want to engage from the comfort of their own home. And so there were, even before the pandemic, there were almost half a million kids who were learning this way completely online. And so when I found myself in that type of a role, I said, fantastic, this is the way, because now an online teacher can truly personalize that instruction for every single child. And so if you were studying at a fourth grade level, that you can do that content at your own pace yeah. while another kid in the same school can be doing different content. Now, that was a fantastic innovation and kids were happy. They were really learning well, mm-hmm. but certainly they were all struggling with what we all saw during the pandemic, that online learning can be incredibly lonely. It can lead kids to feel isolated. It can be incredibly stressful for the parents Um, It's really difficult for teachers to connect with kids when they don't see them regularly or their cameras aren't on. And so it it leaves something to be desired. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the genesis for Chiropod came about, that online learning can truly be a better way to learn, but it has some of these drawbacks. So what if we could create spaces in every community for online learners to come together? So imagine a really wonderful, beautiful learning center where if you're an online schooler, Or if you're a homeschooler, Mm -hmm. you can come to this place to do your work, to be around other kids. Uh, That place is led by someone called a learning coach who can then support you when you get stuck on something. You might be leading some fun projects for all of you. And so it becomes a much more social and still very personalized learning experience. So you take the best of your brick and mortar school, the best of your online school, and deliver it in a new package. Mm-hmm. So that's the genesis behind what we do. That's beautiful. There's kind of um, a couple of questions that right off the bat that I have as a parent and just kind yeah. of where, you know, um, 
kind of the understanding of just the how we teach in a normal uh, school and just the where those two comparison and even in the social aspect of just like having a teacher and the, the, the center um, attention is on that teacher. Well, now adding in what you call a teaching coach, where does that teaching coach act as a kind of um, a go-to or even a um, support in the sense that the children use them as like, I don't know, I guess more of individuals who are, you know, they can talk to rather than being, you know, so some kids might be afraid of like the high tier, a hierarchy of having a teacher and going to them to ask a question because they don't want to seem like, you know, they don't know what they're doing or something like that, whatever that may be the concern of the child. But it's like, I would love to get that aspect of like the teaching coach and what, what that um, kind of brings in, in in the social aspect. Yeah, it's a great question and something we've thought very deeply about. Um, you know, one of the things we say to parents is when you join a Kaipod center, you can choose whichever curriculum you want. Okay. So you can be in a public online school, you know, there's more than a dozen of them available in Arizona. Yeah. You can choose a private online school. You can be a homeschooler who's creating your own curriculum. Okay. So we provide our parents tons of flexibility on the first big question, which is curriculum. Yeah. So then what that happens, what happens as a result of that is when we have, say, 10 students in a learning center with one coach, those 10 students may be using different curricula. They may be uh -huh. in different schools. And so then the coach's job immediately changes. They're not there to teach the content. Yeah. They are a guide. They're a coach, right? Yeah. So, you know, just the same way in sports or athletics, right? A coach isn't playing the game, right? They're on the side. They're supporting the athlete. They're saying, hey, if you tweak this, you'll be able to run faster. Yeah. Or if you do it this other way, you'll have better performance. That's what our coaches are doing. So the center of attention now is the child. Mm -hmm. not the teacher at the front of the classroom. Absolutely. And that gives kids so much more agency and freedom and they can just move at the pace that's right for them. Yeah. And so the genesis of this, and I just want to go back and just kind of take another step back before we even kind of go forward with the services and other criteria behind this. Um, the story that I've you know read is it comes from having your own daughter and just the the birth of your daughter and just kind of seeing someone with your experience and your knowledge of just the ever you know other hierarchy of the school system and seeing the failings of those. Um, can you kind of give us a little bit more um, breath and you know uh, detail of that because I would imagine having a conversation uh, with your spouse or your other half just about you know i think that we can move our daughter past what the norm is and i think i have the ability and the knowledge to make it so it's like you know i can imagine sometimes it, those difficult questions can come up but it's like to even go even further i can make this into a business yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know like all people when you have a child your perspective and everything changes your perspective on life changes and your best laid plans you're like, okay, yeah. what do I really want for my child and for me you know I was a public school kid through and through growing up and I want my daughter to be in you know very high quality education you know ideally public education that's kind of been my initial philosophy but what I see happening not just in public school but more in brick and mortar schools 
is a very antiquated learning philosophy. And the best analogy I've found is, you know, think about 20, even 25 years ago when, you know, if you wanted to watch TV, yeah. you sort of had to show up on your couch at a particular time. And so if you wanted to watch, say, Seinfeld, right, it was Thursday night at nine o'clock. Yeah. And it was never, never going to play again. And it was exactly at nine o'clock. If uh, you missed a particular line of dialogue, you missed it. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's over. Uh, if you thought a particular thing was boring or you didn't feel like watching it at Thursday at nine o'clock, too bad. And that's what school is like today mm-hmm. is you're going to learn, you know, unit four, section, you know, chapter three of algebra at yeah. 10, 10 a.m. on Thursday, January 5th. Why? Why do I have to learn it that way? Exactly. Why, what if I'm not in? What if I am sick that day? Too bad. You missed it. You missed right? It. What if? Yeah, so, and kids today, they're not used to that. What are they used to? They're used to Netflix and Hulu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything at my fingertips. Everything at my fingertips available to me when I'm ready for it. And if I missed something, I can rewind it and watch it again. That's what really high quality online learning can enable. And so when I'm thinking about what kind of a learning experience do I want for my daughter, Mm -hmm. I don't want her to be forced to learn the topic that the teacher decides is right for the rest of the class. I want her to be able to decide when to learn what. And, you know, of course, I want her to learn all the standards. I want her to be on track for college and, you know, all the things that probably every parent wants in some degree. But I want it to be on her terms. And I don't want school to feel like, the one time in her life where she gets transported back to the 20th century. Yeah. I want it to feel like a modern and engaging learning experience, but I don't want her to feel alone because she's sitting at home doing online learning. Absolutely. I don't want to feel stressed out all the time. <laughs> like, am I supporting her? So that's where you know, I really want her to go to a Kaipot center because yeah. I feel like she will have a high quality online experience with a supportive learning coach leading that center with tons of peer-to-peer interactions where she makes her best friends at that location. That's the vision for all of us. Yes, absolutely. I think you have a a real knack for making this sound so beautiful and so like, it's so high-end and just modern and it's a thought, it's so modern thought of like, why can't the, like, it should work. Like based on everything you've told me, it should, it should be gangbusters. And so what we're here actually talking about is that you are in now uh, operating three sites, I believe. Yeah, coming two sites out already. In... Yeah. Oh, two sites already. Okay. And then yeah, the third we're... coming out in soon. So we're a national company. So we've already got sites in Massachusetts and Georgia. Okay. And this fall, so starting in really less than seven weeks now, yeah. uh, we're going to be opening three new locations in Arizona uh, or in Phoenix. Um, yeah. So that's going to be in um, the northwest suburbs in Glendale, the northeast in Scottsdale, and then southeast in Gilbert. Yeah. So we're going to have three locations um, in Arizona. And we think Arizona is an incredible state to expand because parents take active decisions for their kids for school. Yeah. There's very little, well, that's just my school. That's just where I go because I happen yeah. to live in that neighborhood. I think parents in Arizona are much more active and vocal about the quality of the learning. They want to make the right choice for their kids. The governor has recently signed a law uh, which allows parents to opt out of a public system and actually use their dollars to go somewhere else if that's appropriate for their kids. So Arizona is really at the forefront of education choice for families. And so we think that this can be another choice available to families for whom online learning can actually be effective. Yeah. And I think that that's something that 
I mean, that option is always available to, like you said too, it's like, if you've already, you're, you're keeping your doors open and you're not shutting out, you know, anyone who's already in the process of doing their online schooling. And so I think that that's also something really incredible because you would think that someone or a, a business would be like, no, there's no way we're including others in our education process and, or no, we're not bringing in an outside party to, you know, for resource. And it's so beautiful that you have been willing to, to do this. So I'm excited to see how those work out because the three sites that you um, are talking about, or the three neighborhoods you're talking about all kind of, um, if you don't already know, but they represent kind of the different tiers or the different living areas of Phoenix. And so mm-hmm. the reason why I asked earlier and off, off air was I'm excited to kind of learn who does what education and who's willing to um, go to these sites and how far they're willing to travel to these sites. Because you have to imagine that in certain areas where online, you know, online education um, is wanted or needed, uh, internet is necessary. So in certain areas, internet isn't high quality. And so that is certainly uh, an issue and a concern for families. That's right. And this is where you know, having kids in a learning center, which is you know, probably in some sort of a business district where internet quality is better, can be incredibly advantageous and help families who may not live in an area or kind of could afford their own internet that's really high quality. Right? They can send their child to a learning center where we will have high bandwidth internet where the kids can learn. Yeah. I think the other point that I'd love to make related to this socioeconomic um, theme that you've touched on is you know, I really believe that this model of online learning plus high quality in-person supports can go toe-to-toe with any private school anywhere in the world. I, 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 you know, some people say I'm crazy to say that, but you have the most personalized education with the most caring educators, with the most, you know, positive collaborative relationships with your peers. There is nothing more powerful than that in education. And so I believe that is what we are now delivering. And so with more data and more years under our belt, I believe we're going to really show people that this is a lot better Mm -hmm. than what you typically see in brick and mortar private schools. Because using my Netflix analogy, a private brick and mortar school is nothing more than just a nicer TV. You're still having to sit there and watch the show when the teacher wants you to watch. Exactly. Um, So I think that um, we're really excited about proving this out. I, I really do believe you too. And like, I really, I have high to me that this is something that is unique and beautiful and just well above what people are probably even thinking, even hearing this podcast, because I just know from experience, like tier wise, as far as education level. So I grew up on a native American tribe where our high school is probably not the greatest or highest on the testing spectrum. But I grew up before going to high school on the East Coast where education is cutthroat, almost cutthroat to the point of like, you know, there's so many kids, you know, we're filling up past 30 in those classrooms. And so, you know, to to be a part of like um, the where it's like there's they're giving you even levels of like putting you with groups of kids at your same 
knowledge base and same level as you and and so to move yourself up is to be you know trying your best to in, in every class and you know making sure the scores and so that you're with that group that being said that was what i was used to and so going moving and seeing this whole different spectrum of education for a high school level um was very disheartening as far as yeah. a high schooler and to know that that's out there especially where i'm supposed to like that was where i was supposed to grow up and that was the people uh, those that's my mom my mom's side of the family and so that's really important to me as far as education because that was such a big um importance on my side of the family or for for me and my brother that i think online education would have did me better like would I really truly believe online education would have done me so much better than going to, like you said, a, la a, a tier where they're failing me because I'm really wanting to push forward. And so mm -hmm. I think that this something is something uh, this is something where if I had it when I was a, a school in school, I think that I would have thrived a little bit more. I, I believe that too, even for myself, you know, if you think about the challenge that schools have today, you know, mm -hmm. let's look at the public school system. Yeah. There are 50 states with thousands of cities and thousands of school districts. And each of those school districts in each of those cities needs to have K through 12 teachers mm -hmm. in every single subject to, to teach every single student. Yeah. So how many really high quality algebra teachers do we need in the country? Thousands. How many French teachers? Thousands. How many social studies teachers? Thousands. These don't exist. Mm -hmm. So what if you could say there are two categories of educators and there are educators who are really passionate about teaching the content. Mm -hmm. They love teaching kids how to solve equations in algebra, but yeah. they love teaching kids about the civil war or the revolution, right? Those people love the content. They love doing lesson planning. They love creating homework assignments and grading them. We should make sure that they have the chance to do that yeah. and do it, bring all of their passion and energy to that. Yeah. And they can deliver that online. So we don't need as many of them because that's a harder skill set to find. Yeah. Then there's a second category of educators whose passion is not really the content. Their passion is being with kids. Mm -hmm. Their passion is the spark that they see in a kid's eye. Their yeah. passion is sitting down and saying, let me help you figure something out together. That category of educator isn't able to do that today because yeah. they're worried about bureaucracy and teaching to the test and all the other stuff. Absolutely. And so they're feeling stressed out and burned out. And so what if you could create these two categories? You have the first category who works for online schools and they're delivering all this amazing, beautiful content that they are passionate about. Yeah. And kids can pick up on that passion, right? Yep. And then the second category of educators, we say to them, you are now freed from the burden of creating lesson plans, grading homework, writing tests, spending your weekends grading the 150 papers. You're freed from that. And now you'll have 10 to 15 kids mm -hmm. throughout the day. And those kids, you know, they don't need you to teach. They need you to be a caring adult. Mm -hmm. And when they're stuck on something, your job is not to like be the expert. Your job is pull up a chair and let's figure it out together. Exactly. And there are millions of those people who would love that job. Yeah. And all of a sudden now the whole teaching profession becomes exciting and sustainable. Really yes. smart people want to go into it because they actually have a chance to work with kids rather yes. than deal with the other stuff that sometimes gets in the way. 
it's just really beautiful that you put it that way. Cause I, you know, I wasn't thinking about the other half, which is the teacher, the educator. I wasn't thinking about that. And that's so beautiful that you brought it full circle that way, because in, in hindsight, you really are. I think so one part of this, I mean, if you're collecting data through this process is retention, retention of educators is important and would love I would love to see that. I would love to see that proof in the pudding where it's like you have happier employees, you have longer term employees because they are happier and, you know, they get fulfillment from their job. And it's just as simple as that because they are in the category that they want to be in. And so to me, that it just works. Everything, the way that you're laying this out, everything works. And I feel very excited for the future of what is come, what is to come. And, you know, to me as an, uh, a parent and someone who's educating my son too, is I think that's something that I'm looking forward to doing and hopefully keeping that as part of an option for him. Because one of the other tiers is something like um, a homeschooling that brings very much joy to my heart is the cultural aspect. My mm-hmm. my family is very much um, still part of um, the native culture tribe that we, we so it requires a lot of traveling to there and also um, time off on certain days. And so that means being part of a culture and being, you know, being developed in that, but also taking time away and, and pausing on education here and there. But with online resources, we don't have to pause for long. He could be there, be out there and still be learning. And so to we me, have students today, yeah, I mean, we have students today who are running their own businesses on the side because they need that flexibility. That's what yes. they're really passionate about. So they're in high school and they, they want to graduate, they want to go to college, but they're really, really passionate about other things too. And so the online slash homeschool plus KaiPod lets them do that. Yeah. Um, same thing we said, we have, we have families who want to go to grandparents' house every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And being in a traditional brick and mortar school meant they were missing a lot of class. Mm-hmm. And they were marked absent a lot. Yeah. There's no such penalty here because yeah, if you're not at a KaiPod, it's not a big deal that day, right? Because as long as you're doing your own online classes at your own time, yeah, go for it. And so it just gives so much more of the flexibility that schools have taken away. Yeah. That's really important as a part of this. Yeah. I think one injection too, if I can, if I can kind of bring it away from just kind of um, just what we're, we're in the thick of it, but it's like injecting also this COVID and this pandemic life and what we've learned Mm -hmm. from being online resource a lot of the time for not only students, but for parents as well. We know that Zoom and you can do this sort of things online. We know that 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 pivot is possible and Mm -hmm. that the students and the the kids have the ability to do it. I think though, what we're learning is kind of the after effects of just complete online uh, education. So can you kind of give us more um, detail into that? Because I don't want to just skim over just some of the effects. Yeah, this is something I believe in deeply, right? You know, my prior job was working for an online school company that had 45 online schools across the country. Yeah. And it was 100% online. Okay. And very much we knew and we saw in the data that those kids were feeling lonely. They were isolated. Some of them were developing some depression, right? Because kids need to be around other kids and their parents were naturally stressed out having to think about all of that and worry about all of that. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And the other thing that, you know, when I build a building on that, sometimes when you hear about education technology or education innovation, it's all about this move to technology, get rid of teachers or like go to the metaverse. And I'm sorry, like that's garbage, right? (laughs) Like for kids, like we want them to be around. We want them to develop real world skills. And there's no reason we can't take part of the experience online. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like I mentioned, the content can be delivered through the computer. In fact, I would bet money that the content is better delivered online yeah. because then you can control for quality. You can screen it exactly. rather than close a classroom door and every teacher's teaching whatever they're teaching. Right. It's exactly. Really no. So you can actually deliver the content better online, but then you make sure that the kids are together for the more social aspects of learning, mm-hmm. the support that they need. You know, parents get the kids somewhere safe so they're not at home alone all day, which mm-hmm. then allows parents to pursue their own professions or their own passions. So it really is designed to work well for every single player in education, not to be threatening to teachers, not to be threatening to parents, not to be scary for kids. It's really meant to be, uh, we hope, an idea whose time has come because we've all learned so much through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm just, you know, I'm someone from the outside looking in and I would love to get some kind of um, stories or your favorite kind of uh, to tell of just some of the successes and just some of the more unique, I guess, because you did bring up um, the business class, the people who are owning the businesses on the side. And I think that's so incredible when the students are at that tier of like, I have something I can do some, but school is also important to me. So it's like, those are kind of cool stories that I love to hear. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll share two stories of of students who've been with us for a year. Uh, The first is a student who's 14 Mm -hmm. and she is incredibly academically gifted. So she's doing college level classes at the age of 14. And so she's being homeschooled because certainly her local school or any private school nearby Mm -hmm. is just not able to support her learning needs. And so she's been homeschooled for years and is an incredibly advanced learner. However, she was clearly struggling with socialization uh, because she wasn't really getting much interaction outside of her own family. And so she came to KaiPod and she's now been with us for a year and is continuing next year um, for the obvious reason that now she can be a 14 year old with other 14 year olds and they're playing puzzles. They're going outside They're taking breaks. They're coding together. You know, they're doing all the stuff you want healthy 14-year-old relationships to be. Absolutely. But then when it's time for academic work at the KaiPod, she's doing, she's logging on to a college's online platform. Whereas everyone else is logging into a ninth grade, eighth grade platform. Yeah. And so isn't that, so I, whenever I see her working next to the other kids her age, I just remark at the beauty of this, where she is no longer held back mm-hmm. with just because she happens to be 14. So now she can actually work on incredibly challenging content that is engaging her brain, making her feel great about herself without feeling like she's a weirdo. Exactly. That's one story. The second story is a student, he's a boy, he's 12, and he's been in online schools for a few years, uh, largely because he used to get distracted in a regular school. He had a really hard time being focused. He used to be bullied uh, for many reasons. Um, And so his parents decided to send him to an online school to avoid some of the unhealthy social pressures 
Yeah. And as a result of that move, unfortunately, you know, he was struggling with some mental health issues. Yeah. His relationship with his parents was really poor um, because the parents, unfortunately, had to nag him to do his work at home. Right. Yeah. Imagine if you're trying to be parent and educator for a preteen. It's, it's a really challenging situation. Oh, I've only heard I've only heard stories about yeah, the preteen. Get, get ready. To, <laughs> right? And so what ends up happening is so the this 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 student was feeling negative about his own family. He was feeling negative about himself Mm -hmm. and he was feeling negative about school. So there's nothing that felt good in his life. Now he started to come to a Kaipad. He was one of our first students and now he's again, continuing again next year. Um, And he now has a place to come to where he's around a healthy group of peers. And we do a lot to make sure that the social environment is super positive. Um, You know, we want the kids to struggle, but in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, now his mom and dad are no longer nagging him at home. Yeah. So instantly their relationship has become more positive and they're back into the parent role rather yeah. than the teacher role. And now he feels good about himself because when he's at the location, he's got a supportive coach, he's got some friends. And at the end of the day, he says, okay, I, I did, I made the progress that I wanted. Yeah. And when I struggled, I wasn't lost in a classroom of 30 kids. There were only 10 kids there. So like I could ask for help from the coach instantly. Yeah. So he, all three of those segments of his life have now flipped to be a positive. Yeah. And so we, we just love what we can do for these kids on an academic front and on the social front. It's something so it's the, the, both of those stories were beautifully just two stories that I wanted to hear because a, it, it shows that you guys can solve multiple issues with just a simple just a simple blending of technology, the modern with just the social, um, with the old, like the the previous, what we've been doing and bringing those two together. And just, it's so beautiful because again, like you said, no one's being hurt, no one's falling behind and everyone's, um, you know, turning out positive results. And so I think what you have here is again, I say kudos to you, claps to you, whoever, you know, I just know that there's probably a lot of, behind the scenes. I don't know that you do. I would love to get some perspective as far as what keeps you balanced. Um, I know you're probably dealing with um, multiple things behind the scenes, but I would love to get understanding of, you know, your day or routine that you like to to keep as someone who's in charge of this big, massive moving uh, snowball. Yeah. I mean, number one is always the student experience. We always start with how are we doing on our student experience today? Mm-hmm. And one of the bars we set for ourselves is every child to have a magical experience every single day awesome. that they want to, they're excited about coming back the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, as you all know, right. School isn't always meant to be magical and kids yeah. don't feel it as like a place they want to be. And we want to change that dynamic. We want students to see education as a positive, the same way they might see entertainment as a positive. They want, they want education to feel positive. It doesn't have to feel fun. It doesn't have to feel like a video game, right? Yeah. It should feel positive and engaging. Absolutely. And so the number one thing I think about is, is our student experience incredibly positive? And that comes, that starts with, is the learning coach available and willing to support all the kids in their location, just 10 kids per coach? So it's a very small ratio. Um, the second thing is, is the agenda and the peer to peer relationships, are those all designed to support each kid's needs? And we never have this in a Kaipod where we say like, everyone, everyone's going to do art at 12 o'clock today. There's no such thing, right? It's, we're all doing art at 12, but if you choose to opt out, we have a set of activities for you that you can also do. 
So then each kid feels like it's their choice. And that's a really important thing because when you think about the world of entertainment or video games or whatever else that kids are drawn to, they have choice in the matter. Yeah. Whereas in school, we take all of that choice away. Yep. So what we're trying to do is we want to give you a set of healthy choices, right? So yeah. if you're not doing art, you can do independent reading. If you're not doing independent reading, you can work on your academics or something else that feels like a positive choice. So the students then get used to making positive choices on their own, not feeling guilty about it, not feeling bullied into it. Um, so that's a really important part of this. And as long as we focus on that student experience, everything falls into place. Like the rest is super easy. Yeah. And so I really focus most of my time on that. Awesome. Is there anything that you, you yourself, and I, I want to keep this on you for a second, um, that you do routine wise that like you like to keep as far as like, uh, do you like to go outside for walks? Do you like to, you know, meditate? Is there something routine that you love? Maybe it's a cup of coffee in the morning. I would love to just get something yeah. that keeps you just sane and balanced. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely the coffee. <laughs> that's, a, that's a requirement, two cups a day. Um, I've tried meditating. It didn't take. Um, but I do spend a lot of time during the day just doing some quick reflections, uh, like oh, five awesome. minutes. Like, okay, yeah. like, how did that meeting go? Or, you know, what am I worried about today? Like, I do that, and that keeps my brain fresh. Okay. Um, coffee awesome. certainly helps. But uh, for me, it's, you know, sometimes I'll walk. But uh, yeah. I think just, like, quick check-ins with myself on, you know, my number one priority is student experience. How is that going? Yeah. And number two priority, which I didn't talk about, was the coach experience. Like, how are our learning coaches feeling? You yeah. want them, every single one of them to say, this is the best job I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And we have two coaches today for our two sites. And both of them have told me independently, unprompted, this is the best job I've ever had. Awesome. I and love for the students, that. we want them to say it's the best year of school I've ever had. And we're there. Like these kids are telling us that. Yeah. So That's awesome. As long as I refresh myself on what those priorities are, everything else falls into place. Yeah. So let me, can I ask you, um, is there as a parent who's probably coming to you and just like curious about how this all works, is there a rubric or something that you like to evaluate each individual student to kind of coordinate with the parents um, to kind of either keep them on track or just kind of keep a process? Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't call it a rubric as much, but we set goals with the parents. So Got as it. part of our onboarding conversation with parents, we try to understand their academic goals for their child. There are social goals and emotional goals for their child and any other goals they might have. Like I want them to run a business, right? So there's a lot of hopes and dreams and goals that parents have. And we do this conversation in partnership with the kids themselves. We want Got them it. to illustrate their goals. Yeah. And then the coach comes up with a plan of like, okay, here's how we're going to support you while you're at our pod. Right. Yeah. So here are the number of hours of academics we think you're going to need to do. Here's a good self-directed project for you to work on. Mm -hmm. Here's a couple of kids we want to pair you up with for some reading time. Yeah. And so each child gets a very independent plan that's specific to the goals that they want. Yeah. Certainly academics is our number one. You know, this is a place for learning and joy. And so um, that's how we decided. And then eventually that turns into surveys and we ask families to rate us and how we're doing against their goals. Yeah. We ask students to rate the best part of their day or what could be better because we measure a lot our own progress For sure. to see how they're doing. And then eventually we want to see, okay, does that translate into academics? Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that. And that to me is like important to have those critical points. I mean, those critical goal points where it's like, yeah, we're, 
we want you to succeed and we want you to feel independent and, and joyful about education, but we want to set something, you know, so that you're working towards, so to speak, as any parent would want. Um, so I thank you for that. Thank you for your insight. So now my question as would be, is like, what do I do as a parent and what are my first steps if I'm coming to you and interested? Yeah. So in Arizona, we're serving students from third grade through 12th grade. So okay. assuming you have a child in that age range, um, you can go to our website, kaipodlearning.com. That's K-A-I-P-O-D learning.com. So go to our site, fill out a form, which tells us okay, where you live, what grade your child is in, what school they're in. And we'll set up a meeting to talk about which curriculum that you want to use. So again, you can be in any online school or any homeschool program, and we can support you. If you're not already in one of those, we can talk to you about your child's academic progress, their needs, Mm -hmm. and recommend one that might work well for your family. Yeah. Then we help you find the location that you want to go to. So like I said, there's three in the Phoenix area. And then the third step is you pick a plan. So you can come to a Kai Pod part-time, like a few days a week, yep. or you can come full-time, okay. five days a week. And so nice. again, we try to understand your needs. You know, are you looking for a full replacement of what you were doing before? Mm-hmm. Or are you already a homeschooler that just wants to add a couple of days of socialization? Yeah. So we decide, we help you decide what is right for you and okay. pick the plan that works. Beautiful. I love that. I mean, you guys, again, are filling so many holes and so many gaps. It's like, it's so easy to say like, yeah, we're going to do such and such, but it's again, it's like, it's so interesting for something you would think that an education system, like a full education system would be able to fill these gaps and holes themselves. But no, it's, it's incredible. Um, Thank you again for being a part of this conversation and just sharing this much with us, because I feel like someone who is in my position as a new parent, you know, education is very much important. It's very much daunting because I have to now start worrying about, you know, being a part of lists and others, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt anyone like, you know, because there's so many students per, like, I have to worry about that stuff. So many per preschool, but it's like, again, I just want my little guy to have fun, to, to feel like he's um, being pushed into an education of, you know, fun and joy. And so it's like, again, it's like, as a parent, these start to become questions as your life. And I really appreciate it as someone like yourself, who is um, a parent and you telling me and divulging all of this information, it is fun. I'm excited for to have a conversation with my wife, like maybe we should think about, oh, I mean, you know, just to have it as an option. So thank you again for this afternoon with you and You've already given us a little bit of where to find you. Are there any social media handles or anything or event-wise that you would like to tell us about? Yeah, sure. So you can go to any of our, any of the big social media platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we're KaiPodCo, K-A-I-P-O-D-C-O. So you can find us and follow us there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email hello at KaiPodLearning.com and you'll get to me. And then I'd be happy to answer any questions you have that way too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Omar. I I really do. Again, I appreciate it. And before we go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. All of our social media handles is under Finding Arizona Podcast. And that concludes our episode with Omar here. And I hope to hear from all of you about your process through uh, going to them and KaiPod and just like signing up excited and telling me about those stories because I want to hear them. So Kudos to you and Kaipod. And uh, again, 
kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends. She's back here somewhere, my dog, but uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Goodbye, y'all.